the Jesse Kelly Show. Let's have some fun tonight talking about commies. It is the 100th anniversary of the Communist Party in China. And your media thinks we should celebrate. Oh, another thing about the media. Jen Psaki, you know how she's been making these stupid claims about, wow, I mean, it's Republicans who want to defund the police and we all laughed. Ha ha ha, no one's going to believe that. Yeah, the media is all over that. They're going to start pushing that now. We have the Supreme Court actually doing something we like for once. (laughs) And my burger recipe. You don't even know how lucky you are. At the top of the next hour, I am about to change your life. I'm going to change your entire life. Long-time listeners will know it. First-time listeners, apparently we have a bunch of them, are going to be in for a treat. Get a pen, paper, take notes on your phone. I am going to break down for you the Jesse Kelly world-famous cheeseburger recipe. Don't shake your head like it's not world-famous, Chris. If it isn't, it's going to be soon. And I'm not even exaggerating. These are the best burgers you've ever eaten in your life, which, of course, they are. I made them. I will walk you through step-by-step. I don't know. Maybe maybe on top of being the Oracle, Chris, and being Sombrero Jesse and all these other things, maybe it should be Chef Jesse. I don't know. I make a mean box of Kraft Mac. But hold on. First and foremost, we're going to address this story out of the gates. Politico came out with a story today. Well, it was actually yesterday, but still, it doesn't matter. I don't research for the show. Politico came out with a story, and it was 22 current and former aides for Kamala Harris talking about what a horrible work environment it is, how absolutely terrible it is, and there are a couple things to this story I'm going to break down for you. One... I'm going to tell you why Kamala Harris is a horrible boss. And actually, that's nothing to do with being a left-wing nutball or Democrat or anything like that. You might have a boss like this. So I'm going to tell you why she's a terrible boss. And before I get to that, I'm going to tell you why this story ran at all. I mean, it's Politico. For those unaware, Politico is one of those inside baseball D.C. publications That is as far left as you can possibly get. So why, oh why, would Politico run a nasty hit piece on Kamala Harris? That doesn't make sense, right? She's the next, she's the second coming. As soon as Joe just finally just his brain just melts into a puddle of goo and they have to take him down to Boca Raton, Kamala Harris is going to be president. Why blast Kamala Harris? What does that actually tell you? Here's what it should tell you, because this is true. There is serious, serious trouble on the home front between the Harris people and the Biden people. This is the inside baseball scoop. I've been on the phone all day texting back and forth with all the people, White House correspondents I know, D.C. politicos. You want to know the real deal on what's going on? Here's the real deal on what's going on. 
Joe Biden and Kamala Harris don't know each other. And I mean, don't know each other at all. Uh, that sounds weird. That's not actually that abnormal for a vice president and a president. Uh, Truman, when Truman took over after FDR died in office, he'd had, I'm not making this up, like three meetings with FDR. They just... They weren't buddies. They weren't anything. Vice presidents are people of convenience. So when I say don't know each other, they just they weren't together that much. They didn't really do much together in the Senate. They're aware of each other's existence. And then they run in the Democrat primary. In the Democrat primary, Kamala Harris did that whole Joe Biden's a racist, hates black people kind of thing because she was trying to social justice her way right into the Oval Office. Okay, Joe Biden gets through the primary, he wins. But let's pause there for a moment because it's, it's, it's important that you and I understand something and we lose sight of this. I know I do. That CEO, the professional athlete, the actor, the senator, the president, the, all the air fingers, quote, important people who are above us peons, you know, they're still just people. With feelings. I lose sight of this all the time because I don't have feelings. I'm a sociopath. You probably have feelings in a heart, but I don't at all. I genuinely do not. There's nothing going on inside of me. So I lose sight of the fact that's not the same with other people. Joe Biden and more specifically, Jill Biden was offended beyond belief that Kamala Harris would take that route to go after Joe. They were offended beyond belief. But Joe Biden, because this is Democratic Party politics now, and sadly it's Republican Party politics, Joe Biden felt like he had to be Mr. Black People. And so he said, uh, uh, oh, and also Mr. Woman, because that's what we do now. We divide society up by gender and color and everything else. Remember, he came out in an interview and said, I'm not only going to pick a woman, I'm going to pick a woman of color. Okay, well. That leaves you with like two options. It was Kamala Harris and Stacey Abrams. And I'm pretty sure Stacey Abrams was not on deck for all this stuff. So Joe Biden wins the primary. He's basically stuck with Kamala Harris. They get through the primary. Remember, that offense is still there. Kamala Harris is also not, she is reportedly not the type of person who's going to extend a hand to Joe Biden. Sorry, Joe. Didn't mean to accuse you of hating black people. My bad. So that didn't happen. What happened next? Joe Biden and Jill Biden take over. It's mainly Jill Biden. I continue to hear this. It's not exactly breaking news that Joe Biden isn't running the show, but Jill is really, really calling the shots when it comes to the Biden half. Women don't forget, especially women who've been insulted or whose husbands have been insulted. How long, fellas, has your wife hung on to that argument you had 10 years ago where you made the mistake of getting a little too insulting? A long time, right? Women don't let that stuff go. That had a lot to do with why Joe Biden gave Kamala Harris the leadership role on the border, which I came out and said at the time. I had whispers. I now have confirmation from people I've talked to, but I had had heard whispers when I came out and told you on the air. 
Joe Biden gave this Kamala to, to Kamala Harris as a way to get at her. It wasn't like a, it wasn't like a good thing for her. It was a bad thing because the border's a disaster and it's going to stay a disaster and she can't fix it. And so he essentially put her up as the captain of the Titanic and said, thanks, sail us home. But Kamala Harris is no dummy. For all you want to say about Kamala Harris, and I'm about to say plenty about Kamala Harris, I will I will undoubtedly be offensive. I will also be family-friendly, but we're going to discuss a little something from her past. It'll be family-friendly. Don't worry. As always, remember this. I will always do a show you can listen to with your kids. Not because I'm a good person. I'm not. But because I have two kids, and I'm so sick of the fact I can't turn on the TV and leave them there anymore. Or turn on the radio and leave them there. Because I don't know what's going to come on next. I'll never, ever, ever do a show that you have to turn off with your kids in the car. Ever. Now back to our story here. Kamala knows Joe was really, really doing her wrong by putting her in charge of the border. That has increased the divide between them. Big time. Okay, so that's the state of the Joe Biden-Kamala Harris faction right now in D.C., Let's set that little bit of palace intrigue aside for a moment and address the actual allegations that are on the table. Kamala Harris's staffers, like apparently all of them, say it is like working for Joseph Stalin. Apparently they just treat people terribly in that office. Terribly. 22. 22 current and former staffers. Why? Why would that be? Oh, I'll tell you right after this. First of all, though, let's talk about your money. Do you work hard for your money or have you been handed all of it? Let, let, me, let me clarify. If you've been handed all your money, you don't need to pay attention to this at all. But if you've worked hard for your money, protect it. The government, because of their stupid policies, have allowed our debt to balloon to $28 trillion. Inflation is here, and that money you've worked hard for, they're already blowing it for you in the form of inflation. Don't you dare let them do that to you. Oxford Gold Group is here to help you. They're here to give you gold and silver, and I'm not talking about stocks. I mean gold and silver you hold in your hands. Go call Oxford Gold Group today, 833-995-GOLD, 833-995-GOLD. Make sure when you call them, you tell them Jesse told you to call. They've promised they will take good care of my listeners. Oxford Gold Group, 833-995-GOLD. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. We still have to trash commies today. That's going to be fun since it's the 100th anniversary of the sorry Communist Party in China. Yeah. But first, I'm not done yet. We're talking about the palace intrigue between Kamala Harris and Joe Biden. I just laid out for you last segment why they hate each other. And they do. There's no love between those two. They do. Now, let's address the specific allegations from Politico. The allegations are simply this. They dug up 22 current and former staffers that said, Kamala Harris is a nightmare to work for. An absolute nightmare to work for. 
Well, one, as I promised you, you know how that got in there? How did Politico print that? Why did Politico print that? Because Joe Biden wanted them to. Or at least Jill Biden wanted them to. Everybody in this business, whether it be politics, whether you're just a, a radio guy, a TV guy, whatever, everybody has a guy. What do I mean by a guy? You have somebody you can go to to print a hit piece on somebody you hate. Honestly, to be frank, I can think of uh, one, two, I can think of over five already guys that I have who would crucify somebody by name in print if I asked them to. Now, I've never done that. I don't foresee myself ever doing that. That seems kind of petty, <laughs> especially because I have a radio show. I could do it if I want. I do it myself. But everyone has that. That's not special to me. Everybody has that. You just know a guy. You end up at enough events, do enough things. You end up getting to be friends with certain people. They'll do you a favor or someone you've done a favor for. Politico doesn't print that article. They don't print that hit piece on Kamala Harris unless Biden's people want them to. That's a fact. But the whole Harris thing. Who is Kamala Harris? Let's have a frank discussion, you and I, about who this person is. And remember, this matters a lot because she's undoubtedly going to be president of the United States of America before 2024. I guarantee you that. I know. I know. Chris is over there wincing. I'm wincing too, Chris. Okay. Look, the world is wincing. That voice. Do you have any Kamala Harris audio? That voice. Oh. Anyway. Kamala Harris got her start how? She got her start. Don't worry, Chris. I'm not going to be too gross. Kamala Harris got her start in California by helping out a very powerful California politician by the name of Willie Brown. Willie Brown was married at the time. Kamala Harris and him had a thing. I'm not going to go into that. Like I said, it's a family show. But after that, after that whole thing was over, Willie Brown helped her out, political career-wise. All of a sudden, that was her launch. She essentially had a sponsor. After she got her launch from Willie Brown, Willie Brown has complained about this in writing, so we know this is true. Kamala Harris essentially disowned Willie Brown. She won't take his calls anymore. Neither will his people. Okay, so she used him to get a boost, launched her career, and then wanted to deny his existence. Okay, whatever. Look, I'm not a child. I understand the way the world works. Uh, uh, Women using their special abilities to get ahead is not exactly something new in the world. I, I, I get that. That's the way the world works. That's fine. Okay, whatever. She launches her career that way. She eventually rises to become the DA in California. As the DA of California, Kamala Harris, she was a tyrant, an absolute tyrant. I'm talking, if they caught you with a joint in your mouth, you're going to the clink, pal, for years. She was a tyrant as DA. Not some far-left radical nut job. Ah, everybody goes free. This woman imprisoned half the population. She then moves on from DA 
and of course becomes Senator of California. Let's pause right here for a moment. You don't become Senator in the wealthiest, most powerful state in the union without knowing how to make some friends and knowing how to play the angles and being a very, very, very ambitious human being. Kamala Harris makes the jump and becomes U.S. Senator. But then something weird happens. This tyrant of a DA becomes senator for the, for the biggest, most powerful state. And she becomes an absolute left-wing nutjob. Think about how crazy some of these senators are. Kamala Harris consistently ranked as the most left-wing senator. Full-out communist. And then presidential season comes around. Kamala Harris decides, oh, DA isn't enough. California senator isn't enough. I have to be president. So she not only dives into the presidential race, she dives in viciously. Viciously. You see a lot of people run for president, Republican and Democrat. A lot of people run for president simply because it's good publicity. Remember, it's not a hard life running for president anymore. Let's say you're, uh, you know, the rumor is Lindsey Graham is going to run for president. And uh, every time that's brought up, people are like, what? He doesn't have a chance. Of course he doesn't have a chance. When you run for president, your name ID goes through the roof nationwide. If you happen to, whoops, publish this book right before you run for president, your book sales go through the roof. Who doesn't want an extra house on the lake somewhere? Running for president consists of you flying first class around America, eating steak dinners, and getting your face on TV. Does that sound like a bad life, especially for a politician? So a lot of people will run for president and just kind of be there for a while, knowing they have no chance to win because running for president's a good life. But Kamala Harris doesn't do that, does she? She jumps in the presidential race, and Kamala Harris... She makes it personal. She tries to destroy Joe Biden and anyone else who's in her way. Now, Joe Biden wins. We already talked about that. He has to make Kamala Harris his vice president because he made the idiotic promise that it has to be a woman and a woman of color. Look at me. I'm the ultimate woke guy. So that basically leaves you with Kamala Harris. I mean, her and Elizabeth Warren are the only two minorities. <laughs> Quit, Chris. We can make jokes. Quit. It's fine. So now she's vice president of the United States. And now she's knifing Joe Biden in the back every chance she gets. What does that tell you? What does this have to do with her staffers being unhappy? I'll explain in a second. got to get a kind of wartime mentality here. It is the Jesse Kelly show. That was John Kerry talking about the fight for climate change. We need a wartime mentality. What does that mean exactly? And by the way, Chris, how many times have do I have to ask for free falling when we play Tom Petty? This is getting ridiculous. Back to my story here. 
Remember, we have Jack Posobiec coming out in the bottom of the hour next hour. Bottom of the hour next hour, he wrote a book on Antifa. Who are these people? You've seen these scumbags burning and looting and hurting people. Who are they? I want to know who they are. I'm excited to talk to Jack about that next hour. The bottom of the hour, Chris, that means halfway through the hour in radio terms. (laughs) I'm giving out my world-famous burger recipe in about 25 minutes from now. Oh, you know what? I'm excited for you. I'm excited for you. Back to my story. Why are Kamala Harris's staffers unhappy? Well, I just went through her career. What do you see? What did you see as I was going through the career? The Willie Brown stuff, then the the hardcore DA, but then the left-wing senator, and then the nasty presidential candidate, and now vice president, but vice president who's knifing the president in the back. I'll tell you what you should have seen. You should have seen ruthless ambition. Have you ever known somebody like that in your life? Now, there's nothing wrong with ambition, obviously. Ambition, when controlled, I mean, who doesn't want, you want your kids to have ambition, don't you? You want them to want to be something or you want them to eat Cheetos all day? Not that that would be a bad life, but still, you want ambition. But don't you know somebody in your life who would do anything to get ahead? Anything to get ahead? You know that. You know that person. I've known people like that my whole life outside of politics. People like that, they can't be put in charge of other people because instead of making it a team, making it, you know, one effort, here we are, guys. It's the Harris's vice president office. Let's let's go get them and accomplish our mission. All people like that see, all they see are stepping stones. All they see are different ways they can use the people in the room. Kamala Harris doesn't look at a room full of her staffers like you look at a room full of family members or coworkers. All Kamala Harris sees when she looks at other people is, how can I use that person to get ahead? How can I use that person to get ahead? That's why Kamala Harris's staffers are miserable. You cannot, and maybe you, is there somebody here, right? There's someone listening to my voice right now, nodding as they stare at the radio because they have a boss like that. I've had bosses like that outside of, uh, way outside of this industry. Bosses who will do anything to make sure they look good to the higher boss and anything includes dumping on you Every chance they get. That's why Kamala Harris has 22 current and former staffers blasting her. Because Kamala Harris doesn't see people the way you see people. Kamala Harris, all she sees is the next step. Now, let's set that aside for a moment. Communism. I'm looking at a couple headlines here. First one. This is America's military news. China threatens countries will have their heads bashed bloody during 100th anniversary of Communist Party speech. That was Xi Jinping, by the way, who said that. Next headline was CNN ripped for glowing coverage of Chinese Communist 100th anniversary. 
Let's just talk about communism here briefly because you know I am the most ardent anti-communist in the history of the world, and I hate it. It's an evil religion. It's not a political ideology. It's not a system of economics. It is a religion. It is a religion of destruction and domination. That's all it's ever been. When they say communism killed 100 million people in the 20th century, um, that's a lie. It's a lot more than that. Mao killed 70 million by himself. That's before you get to Stalin, who I think killed 50, not that we'll ever know. But anyway, setting that aside, it's an evil religion of domination. It's disgusting. We know that. You know that. I know that. Let me ask you a very uncomfortable question. Chris, do you have that Berkshire Hathaway guy? Warren Buffett's partner in crime? Warren Buffett's partner in crime. You know what he did? He gave a sit-down interview. And there, there was this Chinese billionaire. His name was Jack Ma. I don't, don't worry about remember his name. It doesn't matter. He started to speak out a bit against the communist government. And we haven't heard from Jack Ma in a while. You want to hear what Warren Buffett, Berkshire, Hath- Berkshire Hathaway, Big Shot, you want to hear what he had to say about it? Play it, Chris. Charlie, you said communist China is doing all the things that we should be doing right now. And I, I can't help but think of what, they're, what well, they've I, done well, to Jack it, Ma. It amuses me, you know. Well, uh, what about what they've done to Jack Ma? He's kind of disappeared. As well, yes, but Jack Ma is one of the swingers. So they just cut his, they said, the hell with you. <laughs> he basically got, gave a speech when he said to a, to a one-party state, well, you guys are a bunch of jerks don't know what you're doing, and I know what I'm doing, and I'm going to do it better. And he was going to wade into banking and no rules and just do whatever he pleased. He also brought banking Chinese, to a lot of the Chinese communists people. did the right thing. They just called in Jack Ma and said, you aren't going to do it, Sonny. And, and uh, I wish we had a, I don't want the, all of the Chinese system, but I certainly would like to have the financial part of it in my own country. Although Ant Financial was bringing banking to a huge... Un- his name's Charlie Munger. I didn't give you his name just because it doesn't matter. Just know that's a extremely wealthy big shot. Let me ask you an uncomfortable question, because this goes way beyond CNN, all these glowing headlines about the 100th anniversary of the Chinese Communist Party, and this is so great, and they actually said Xi Jinping was going to be its next star, as if he's just debuting on a Broadway musical or something somewhere. Let me ask you an uncomfortable question. We're going to walk through this together. Let's say the worst happened and war did break out with China. That's not exactly something that is way out in left field, is it? Uh, Let's be frank. We're already, there are already tensions there because they're communist. They're relentless. They're aggressive. They have their eyes on Taiwan. They have their eyes on the South China Sea. They have the ability to take these places. Frankly, they have the ability to take South Korea. So let's say war broke out between us and China. That that obviously would be just awful. The loss of life there would be unbelievable. But let's say war broke out with China. Let me ask you an uncomfortable question. How comfortable are you that the leaders of your institutions would be on your side? 
Oh, now we're getting uncomfortable, aren't we? Let, look, hey, let, you know what? Let's go right to the very top. Let's go right to the very top. Joe Biden, for as functional as he is, setting that aside, Joe Biden, you know about all the ties to China, right? You're certainly well aware of all the Hunter Biden ties to China. Hunter Biden hitches a ride on Air Force Two when Joe Biden goes over there to visit. Hunter Biden hitches a ride on Air Force Two. And then when Joe Biden gets off the plane, Hunter Biden takes off and goes and secures a bunch of deals he had no business getting. This is a family completely intertwined with China, financially backed by China. Let's say war breaks out with China. Who's the commander-in-chief? You know why we call him commander-in-chief, right? That's not just a fancy title. We call the president commander-in-chief because he's the one who runs the war. How do you think Joe Biden would conduct a war with communist China? Well, let's unpack that for a moment. How much do you love your kids? You. How much do you love your kid? I'm, as you know, a monster. I'm a horrible person. I would lay down in traffic for my kid without hesitation. Joe Biden would too. What if China, during a war with the United States of America, picks up the old telephone and calls Joe and says, Hey, Joe, you really need to make sure the Navy isn't in this area or we're going to release some video on Hunter Biden. How's that for bringing it home to real? And that was just the president of the United States. Wait, it actually even gets worse as we walk through this potential nightmare. Hang on. Missed out? Catch up. JesseKellyShow.com We're born again. There's new grass on the field. It is. The Jesse Kelly Show, and don't forget, I'm so excited for you. My world-famous burger recipe comes up in 10 minutes from now. Get a pen, get a paper, get a napkin to wipe up all the drool that's going to be coming out of your mouth by the time I'm done speaking. It's, gosh, it's going to be so great. This is maybe the greatest day of your life with me, Jesse, the Shogun Kelly. What, Chris? Back to what we were talking about. I brought up the uncomfortable question. Because CNN's getting torn apart by being really, really pro-communist China. This is the 100th anniversary of the Communist Party in China. CNN's putting out glowing headline after glowing headline. Acting like this is just, woohoo, it's a great day, right? What I asked you was this. If war broke out between us and China, which is, I mean, frankly, let's be honest, it's probably the likely scenario. No, I don't think it's going to happen tomorrow, but you have two superpowers like that at each other's throats like that. How far are you away? How many incidents away are you from somebody doing something that is the point of no return? So I just brought up the Bidens. I said, how comfortable are you? that the leaders of your institutions would be on your side and not on their side if that happened. I know that's an uncomfortable question to ask, but shouldn't we be asking it? 
let's set aside the presidency for a minute. I've actually said this before. I'll say it again. If the Chinese landed a division of troops on, on the California shore and they start storming through L.A. and making their way east, how long do you think it would be before we had cable news networks running puff pieces on the invasion? Pro-Chinese things on the invasion. You think I'm crazy? Go look at the Chinese dollars spent with major American newspapers and cable news companies. You think I'm crazy? Oh, let's talk about a long extended war with China. You understand that Hollywood will not criticize China right now, right? And you understand why that is? Not only do they make a fortune in China, China will pick up the phone and tell them to cut scenes out of movies, and they do. China has a hotline to your favorite Hollywood producer. Hey, uh, producer whatever. Uh, hey, Mr. Spielberg. Ah, I watched that scene. Seems a little anti-China for me. Go ahead and cut that out of the movie. Thanks. And then, wow, that was the phone hanging up sound, Chris. How sweet was that? That's It sounds kind of like that. Anyway. That's real. That happens in your world today. Okay, let's set them aside. Your universities. How confident are you, your university professors, where you send little Aiden, Jaden, Braden, and Bryson off to school for $50,000 a year so they can learn how to be communists? How confident are you if we went to war with China, little Aiden would be told by his professor that America was the good guy and China is the bad guy in that war. Are you seeing what I'm saying? What I'm saying is this. It's not that you need to be scared of China. China, militarily, they can't invade us. Frankly, we can't invade them either. That's just kind of where we're stuck now because of our navies, because of our missile systems and whatnot. We can't get there. They can't get here. You don't need to be afraid of China in that way. You need to be afraid of the people in your own country who would pick them over you. How's that for sobering? I mean, I'm not trying to bring you down, but let's be honest about where we are. You look around right now at the people who run our institutions. Do they seem like they're pro-American? I didn't even bring up sports. Who's LeBron James rooting for if we go to war with China? Chris, do you have the John Cena apology? Go ahead and pull that up for me real quick. The John Cena apology. Remember that new movie, uh, Fast and Furious, came out? I don't remember which one it is. It's Fast and Furious 9000 or something like that. And John Cena, he all he did was mention the word Taiwan. He mentioned the word Taiwan, acknowledging its existence. China picked up the phone, made some angry phone calls. Here's John Cena. John Cena, Okay, it's all in Mandarin, but yeah, it's it's one long apology to China. I would recommend watching it if you have a vomit bag beside you because they have the subtitles up there, and it's just all about how much he loves China. Who's John Cena rooting for if America goes to war with China? Am I bringing this home yet? If you thought I sounded ridiculous 10 minutes ago when I said, who would your leaders be rooting for? I bet you don't think I sound ridiculous anymore now, do you? 
this is a bad situation. This is a bad situation we're going to have to do something about. What does that look like? I don't know if we're ready to have that talk just yet, but we have a long way to go with how we educate our public. That's step one. Now, it is your time. What do I mean by your time? Well, yeah, you can email jesse at jessekellyshow.com, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. But it's time for my world-famous burger recipe. Hang on. Jesse Kelly show and it's almost burger recipe time. But first, remember this Biden Harris thing. The Politico article comes out. Kamala Harris has 22 current and former staffers saying she's the devil herself. Here's what happened. One, Joe Biden wanted that article out because they hate each other. Because Kamala Harris basically said Joe Biden was in the KKK during the Democratic presidential primary. Those two camps, the Harris and Biden camp, hate each other. That article only gets printed if Joe Biden wants it printed. In fact, we're going to talk to Jack Posobiec about that here in about 25 minutes. He's the author of that new Antifa book. That's really why I wanted him on. But he's always got good inside suits, scoop stuff in D.C. We're going to ask him about the Biden-Harris stuff. And anyway, back to Harris. Why do her staffers hate her? It's not too complicated. Her staffers all hate her because she's a ruthlessly ambitious person who would stab her own mother if it meant getting promoted. That's a fact. Her whole career, all that stuff with Willie Brown, Basically changing how she handles politics, how she handled Biden. Everything about her just drips ambition. Ever know somebody like that? I've known plenty of people like that. Have you ever enjoyed being around one of them? Have you ever had a boss like that? I'll tell you what, I had a couple officers like that during my time in the Marine Corps. The biggest scumbags in the world. We hated their guts. You can tell instantly the guy who just wants to get promoted and he doesn't care who he will screw over in order to get promoted. That's enough bad stuff for now. Let's move on to, I mean, I don't want to say it's the greatest day of your life. People have a lot of great days in their lives. Maybe it was your marriage. Maybe it was the day you got married. Maybe it was the day you got divorced. (laughs) Quick, Chris. Maybe it was the day you got baptized. Chris, you people, what is your thing when you become officially, there's not a, isn't it Hanukkah or something? No, no, Hanukkah's the Christmas thing. The, 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 the uh, bar mitzvah, bar mitzvah. That's an, an important day in a Jewish person's life, right? Okay, see, maybe it's something like that. Well, I'm about to give you the second greatest day of your life right now. I'm going to tell you how to make the greatest cheeseburger in the history of the world. This is, and some people have accused me of being a braggart in the past. I know you think that's ridiculous. So do I. But this is not just me bragging. This has been independently verified by virtually everybody I've ever made this burger for. 
Multiple people. Before I forget, before I forget, tomorrow, tomorrow is a special day on the Jesse Kelly Show. Every Friday is a special day on the Jesse Kelly Show. Why? Well, we do something a little different. There's enough heavy, brutal politics all week long. Do we have to beat each other over the head with it again on Friday? I say no. So we do Ask Dr. Jesse Fridays on the Jesse Kelly Show. Uh, I have almost three years of community college credits, so I'm practically a doctor. But how it works is you email me your questions with an Ask Dr. Jesse subject line, and I simply answer your questions on the show. They do not have to be political. They can be. You got political questions you want answered? I'll answer them. If I don't know the answer, I'll make something up. They can be about history or, or jobs or relationships, men, women, kids. I don't travel. I don't care what it is. It can be stupid. We've had multiple people email questions in before. Jesse, who would win, two grizzly bears or 50 wolves? If you think I won't take this national show and break that down for 10 minutes, you've got another thing coming, Jack. I just have standards that low. <laughs> That's tomorrow. It's an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Now on to the important thing. Cheeseburgers. First of all, fellas, I'm going to talk to you first here because you're going to be the most hard-headed about this. For some reason, the women are more receptive to it. You know that grill, fellas, you have? I have one, too. That grill you love? Set it aside. Set it aside. The greatest cheeseburgers in the world are not made on a grill. But I don't want to get ahead of myself. Let's begin at the beginning. You, you're getting your butt down to the grocery store. And who doesn't love the grocery store? I can't believe these people who hate the grocery store. I feel like I'm a kid in a candy store every time I go in there. Every time I go to the grocery store, the wife tries to give me, she does the best she can to give me the, if you could just, if you could just get the things we need this time, I get this talk every day, but she knows I'm not going to, you can tell her heart's not in it. Cause she knows I'm going to come back with a cart full of food. Oh, what, why did we need rice Krispie treats? I don't know. I don't know that we needed anything. What if the world ends? We're going to need something. Anyway, go down to the grocery store, head right to the beef section, the meat section of your grocery store. Get me the fattiest beef possible. If you're going to get the 90-10 beef, stop there and go check your man card. You have no business making my burger at all. This is not health night. This is Jesse's burger night. 80-20, obviously. Here in Texas, you can buy 73-27, and that's what I do. I've had people email the show and they take it a step further and basically blend up bacon fat in there. As fat as you can make this burger, that's how you want it. You walk to the meat section and say to yourself, we're hogging tonight, boy. That's one. Two, you turn around and march over to the cheese section where you will bypass all the real cheese and you'll get American cheese. American cheese. This is America we eat melty, creamy American cheese on our burgers here. Again, this is not your, how do you say the word, charcuterie board? Is that, did I say that right, Chris? It wasn't, was it close? It was close. Anyway, it's not a charcuterie board. Go get American cheese. 
Once you're done with that, this is important. And lean in, turn up the radio because I'm getting upset just thinking about some of you. The buns. The buns are not some throwaway item where you just grab whatever happens to be on the front. Finger the buns. You must finger the buns. You will check expiration dates. You will sink your fingers into those buns until you have buns that are as soft. What is your problem, Chris? We're talking about burgers. Until you have buns that are the softest, most delicious in the store. If that takes four or five fingering of buns, then you finger all those buns. You hear me? Next, we're marching over to the condiment section where you will buy garlic powder, not garlic salt, not garlic salt. I can't stress this enough. I've been working on this burger recipe for not not even kidding, uh, 15 years. I've made every mistake so you don't have to. Do not get garlic salt. It'll end up being too salty. Garlic powder, any general seasoning you want. You want. It can be what uh, Nature's Own, I think, is the one I'm using right now, but it doesn't have to be. I think there's a Lawry's, L-A-W-R-Y-S. I think it's Lawry. Any general seasoning, get some of that. And then to the hot sauce section for your final ingredient. Chipotle Tabasco sauce. Did I say Tabasco sauce? No, I didn't. Did I say whatever other hot sauce you like? No, I didn't. Did I say, oh, but I have this chipotle chalupa. I love. Is that what I said? I said, ch- oh, I actually love that too, Chris, but that's not the point. I said chipotle Tabasco sauce. We're ready. We got our fat burger. We got our fingered buns. We got our American cheese. We have our condiments. We will go check out. Please pay. We will go check out, and now we will go home. But we're not done yet, are we? Do you think it stops at just getting these excellent ingredients with my guidance. No, 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 no. There's a step two to this process. I'll tell you in a second. Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. editorial used the term irascible. Uh, how much of this do you think might have to do with the fact that you're a woman and partic- specifically a black woman? About 99% of it. Well, I mean, look, look at my predecessors. Um, <laughs> oh, did, did, gosh. That's Lori Lightfoot, mayor of Chicago. About all her criticism is because is racist and sexist. How boring are these people? How boring are these people? All right, back to my burger recipe. Remember, we have Jack Posobiec coming up in about nine minutes. He has a book out about Antifa. I want to know who these people are. Isn't it weird there's just these group of masked purple-haired losers roaming the country, trashing things? Who are these people? What do they want? And remember... Tomorrow is an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. You email your questions to jesse at jessekellyshow.com. We answer them. They don't have to be political. They could be stupid or they could be political. It could be about men, women, history, whatever you want. Email them in with the subject line, Ask Dr. Jesse. Back to the burger recipe, which I started last segment. I can't rehash the whole thing. So if you missed it, 
All the podcasts are available on Google, iHeart, Spotify, and iTunes. going to have to go back and download it yourself. You're home. You have your fatty burger. You have your fingered buns. You have your American cheese. You have your garlic powder. You have your seasoning salt and your chipotle Tabasco sauce. Take your burger. Drop it in a bowl or a pan. A little bit of garlic powder. You can, you can be generous with it if you want. A little bit of the seasoning salt. I have oversalted my burgers more times than I can count. Do not go overboard with the seasoning salt because it is not the star of the show. Now, you see that bottle of Chipotle Tabasco sitting beside you? Maybe you're intimidated. Maybe you're thinking to yourself, oh, I don't want these to be too spicy. I better just put a couple drops in there. Open that bottle of Chipotle Tabasco sauce and drown that meat in it. As soon as you've gotten to the point where you think you've used too much Chipotle Tabasco, keep going and use even more. Don't be intimidated by the heat. Most of the heat cooks off. They're not, these are not spicy burgers. What you're going to have left when we're done, just a spoiler alert for you, it's a nice smoky Chipotle flavor in them. Now, remember the grill you had to set aside? Pull out a frying pan, preferably cast iron, but I realize not everyone lives in the Old West, so just a regular frying pan will work. You will form a a burger patty. It will not be a big, fat patty. It will be a thin, wide patty. The best burgers are thin burgers. If you like more meat, make two of them. Make a double. A thin burger is a better burger. It's nice and fatty, so you don't have to worry about buttering the pan. Trust me, there's going to be plenty of grease floating around the house. Drop that thin patty in there. Sizzle, flip, on the flip, drop not one, but two slices of American cheese on it. Let it finish up, pull it off, and enjoy. You'll notice I didn't say put ketchup, mustard, mayonnaise, lettuce, tomato, onion, or anything else on my burger. Why? Because my burger is so good, you don't need any of that. I eat my burgers as plain Jane as humanly possible, and they're the greatest thing ever made in the world. That was all dedicated to Chris, who tried to say I couldn't cook yesterday. I may not be able to cook very many things, and most of my stuff is obviously very white trash, but that's the best burger you're ever going to eat in your life. Now, moving on to other things that I guess are slightly more important. Supreme Court vote upholds Arizona voting rules in heated voting rights decision. This is according to the Washington Free Beacon, freebeacon.com. What do you need to know about it? Here's what you actually need to know about it because all these complicated words come in. When you, when you, whenever you deal with lawyer stuff or Supreme Court stuff, people make it so needlessly complicated. It just doesn't have to be that way. Here's what it means. You're not allowed to ballot harvest anymore. No more ballot harvesting. And I can see about a million people screaming at the radio right now, again with this ballot harvesting word, what does that mean? Here's what ballot harvesting means. It means people will request, oftentimes it's requested, sometimes not, but oftentimes it's requested that they get a ballot sent to them. Let's focus on nursing homes because this is where the real malfeasance takes place lots of the time. Nursing home. Uh, Let's just send them a bunch of absentee ballots or someone will request it for them. Ballot harvesting is this. 
a third party will go around and gather up those ballots that have been sent out and then transport them to where they'll be counted. Why is that a problem? Well, I don't know if, even know if I should present this as being hypothetical. Here's how it works. And this is work, it's worked this way for a very, very, very long time. I brought up nursing homes. Oh, well, here we have a, a, a bunch of old people in a nursing home. Some of those people, obviously not all, some of those people don't care about the election. Some maybe, you know, maybe in poor mental health, maybe aren't in a place to even be voting, don't even know what this paper is, can be manipulated as you get older, which is going to happen to all of us one day, can get manipulated, talked into things. That's why those scumbags always target old people with you know, the social security scams and stuff like that. It's just there are a lot of dirt balls out there. Anyway. These people, these third parties, they go around to the nursing homes and gather up a bunch of ballots that aren't filled out yet and fill them out. Soon, let's just say, and this is purely hypothetical, let's say it's about midnight and you're behind by about 10 or 20,000 votes in maybe a key swing state in a presidential election. I'm not saying anything, Chris. I'm just making a hypothetical here. Obviously, this isn't something that would happen, right? Let's just say it's a key swing state and midnight hits and you're down 10,000 votes. Well, if you have a bunch of these third parties ready to go pick up absentee ballots, ready to ballot harvest for you, you have a pretty good idea of how many votes you need. So what you do is you make this phone call to this person and this phone call to this person and this phone. Hey, Bob, go grab your ballots. Tina, go grab your ballots. Marty, could you go grab your ballots, please? And voila. What do you know? 2, 3, 4 a.m.? The vote count for your preferred candidate goes up. The other guy? He doesn't get any of those absentee ballots. How could that happen ever? I mean, isn't it obvious? Isn't it obvious? Not that that would ever happen here in a civilized country like America. I'm simply pointing out a hypothetical that if one wanted to do such a thing, one would be able to do such a thing. All it takes is organization. Jack Posobiec coming up next. He's going to talk about Antifa. I want to know who these people are. And he's going to address this rift between Biden and Harris. Hang on. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and I am looking forward to this. I've been looking forward to this. I want to know the inside D.C. scoop, and Jack seems to have all of it. And he definitely knows about Antifa. He has a new book out called Antifa. You need to read it and figure out who these people are. Joining me now, senior editor of Human Events, Jack Posobiec. Jack, all I see is mugshots of people with purple hair and weird tattoos. Why is there this raving group of lunatics terrorizing cities across America? Who are these people? Well, Jesse, yeah, I'm really excited to finally be on here. And it's amazing to me that when I hear the secretary, not excuse me, the secretary, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, Chairman Milley, gets up there and he's talking about white rage. 
right? Well, I'll, I can show you white rage, General Milley. I just wrote an entire book about these miscreants and these deviants who, by and large, they're the same as what Lenin would have called the proletariat vanguard of the communist revolution, the Bolsheviks in 1917 in October there. Why? Because they are people who are upper middle class. They haven't worked a day in their life. They haven't gone through any of those meaningful rights of patches. They haven't served in the military. They haven't served in law enforcement. They want to do something. And so they're out there. And instead of living these lives of luxury that their parents have handed to them, by and large, they decide to find other things to get upset about and then go fight the phantoms. But the problem is those phantoms that they think they're fighting are actually real people, and most of the time they're just regular Americans. Wait a minute. You're saying these are a bunch of rich kids? I actually don't know why I'm surprised, but you're saying these are a bunch of rich kids? What we have seen through the data and through the research, and we break this down in the book. It's up at antifabook.com. These are, by and large, upper middle class to upper class. Look, when you see lawyers in New York City throwing Molotov cocktail firebombs at police cars, you have to start asking yourself, what the heck is going on? Good grief. All right, Jack. It said it, go, by the way, AntifaBook.com, people. You want to know who these people are? Go get it. Jack, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, I have been saying for a long time, I knew you've been saying for a long time, these two hate each other. It appears to be manifesting itself more and more now, right? I mean, it's painfully obvious to me. These guys don't like each other. So I've been calling it the shade war, and, mm. and now I'm wondering if we've got to go a little bit beyond that because the shade war is turning kinetic. Yeah, they've been throwing shade on each other, but this is getting dirty. You just saw a massive hit piece that was dropped on Kamala Harris's faction in the White House. Wait, hold on a second. I didn't think there were factions in the White House, but suddenly Politico is coming out this week with a huge hit piece all about Kamala Harris and the way she runs her office and the way she mistreats her millennial staffers and the way they fire them because they actually hold them to account on things. Where is all this coming from, you ask? Well, Politico won't tell you, but I will. This is the factionalization of the White House between Team Biden and Team Kamala. Team Kamala is calling Team Biden, guess what? the Titanic, because they know where they're headed. Ooh, that is vicious. Okay, now, I guess this is probably a bad question because you can't assign the same moral values to these people as you would, you know, like people like you. But why? Why not just work together? Okay, let's say their personalities clash and they've had they've had little spats in the past, but doesn't it benefit each of them to work together? What do they benefit by going after each other? So you'd think that, right? But at the end of the day, the problem is that Joe Biden's mental deficiencies, what we see pronounced more and more in public is even worse behind the scenes. And the questions are growing. Look, when you choose someone as your vice president, you're not supposed to pick someone who is definitely going to stab you in the back the first chance they get. But that's what Joe Biden did when he chose Kamala Harris. That is exactly who she's been. She's always been like the Hillary Clinton of California. That is what she's gunning for. She doesn't care that it's Joe Biden. She wants to be in that seat. So she's just a ruthlessly ambitious human being who would sell out her own mother if it meant getting ahead. If there were a chance for her to do so, she'd be tap dancing on her mother's grave. <laughs> All right. You, you, like I said, you always, we're speaking with Jack Posobiec. He has the book Antifa at AntifaBook.com. Jack, 
How bad is Biden? I mean, I make fun of him. Obviously, we all hear the stupid things he says. It's embarrassing. But how bad is it behind the scenes? Look, behind the scenes, he's not the one who's making any of these big strategic decisions, right? So take a look at his somewhat mixed review, kind of botched, haphazard visit down to Miami today, right? It gets thrown together. Nobody knows that it's going on. Why did it get announced at the last minute? Ron DeSantis is like, I don't even know what's happening here. They have to shut down search and rescue operations. Why did they do it so fast? Because Jill Biden and Ron Klain, the chief of staff, who are actually running things, heard that Kamala Harris was about to announce that she was going to make a visit down the south surf side of Miami. So this is what it's about. It's about one-upping each other, constantly trying to one-up each other, and it's getting absolutely ridiculous. That is just lousy. All right, Ron Klain. Undoubtedly, that's the first time a lot of people have heard this guy's name. Who is this person? So Ron Klain is a longtime Biden operative, and he's no one's dummy, right? People say, how does Joe get, you know, where he's going? How does he get the sausage made in Washington, D.C.? That's Ron Klain. He knows the deals. He's the one that picks up the phone. He's the one that talks to people on the Hill. He's the one talking to Schumer, talking to Pelosi on a regular basis, right? He's the one that has always made all of that happen legislatively and policy-wise, both when uh, Biden was the vice president and when he was in the Senate. So it's amazing to me that we had to talk about uh, President Trump's chief of staff and his assistant chiefs of staff and his deputies and his bag boy and everything. But you don't even hear the media talking about this guy who has a massively oversized role because he is making so many of these key decisions in the White House, and yet they don't even talk about him. Was the Joe Biden handing the border to Kamala thing, was that just a blatant, you know, trying to hand her a stone to sink herself with? Jesse, 100%. So they hand her the border because they think it's a DOA issue. They know it's a crisis. They think, how is she going to get out of this one? She tries to dance around it as much as possible, but they actually beat her to the quick. They send her to Guatemala while they're going over to the G7. So think of it, when she gave that comment, right, when she gave that comment, well, I've never been to the border, but I've never been to Europe, people are scratching their heads. They say, why is she saying that? Why is she talking about Europe? Was it Jill was on her way to Europe at the time that the interview was being taped. So this is spilling out, right, this behind-the-scenes stuff is now starting to spill out into public and even in the interviews. And Kamala, she can't help herself, she's got to let it out. What's the relationship like between Pelosi and Schumer and the Bidens? Is it just all them and Klain? And are they getting along, or is there is there animosity there? How how are things at the top? Look, they get along fine, but at the same time, the writing is on the wall for Joe. And at the end of the day, Pelosi and Schumer don't necessarily care about who's in the White House as long as they're getting their legislation passed. Their real issue right now is the fact that their party, their caucus, is cleaving in two right now, where you've got sort of like the neoliberals and Joe Biden and Kamala is generally part of that camp, and then you've got like the quasi-communist party of the squad and AOC and the rest of them that are trying to drive everything down this, uh, you know, cancel the police, defund the police train. All right, Jack, what you, what's for dinner tonight? What are you having for dinner? Uh, we literally just finished dinner. We had chicken legs and we had a great salad. How'd you make the chicken legs? Uh, we made the chicken. We actually did like a brown sugar with like some lemon pepper on them and then Ooh. grilled. Oh, we also like grilled uh, corn on the cob. It was fantastic, oh, dude. Oh, absolutely. Jack Posobiec, the book is Antifa. Get it at antifabook.com. Highly recommended. Jack, I appreciate you, my brother. Take care, Jesse.
I like chicken. What, Chris? Are we not allowed to talk about that? I like chicken. But didn't I tell you? Didn't I tell everybody earlier in the show? If you missed it, if you missed any part of the show, remember the whole show is podcasted on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. What did I tell you earlier in the show? There is a deep rift there. It's getting really bad. The palace intrigue is really bad. But, you know, here's the funny thing about it. They can get all the petty shots in with each other now they want. And Jill Biden can get her shots in and Kamala can get her shots in. But, and this is going to sound harsh. Here's the truth. Father time is undefeated. We know who wins this battle, right? It's not going to be the half-functioning adult currently president of the United States of America. It's just not. Now, you can, you can try to make sure Kamala Harris has as much egg on her face as humanly possible by the time you leave the White House for her, but there's not a chance, not a chance Joe Biden is still president of the United States by the time the 2024 election comes around. I think, this is, this is just a theory, I actually haven't heard this, I think they're going to force him to retire. Maybe after the midterms, try to do a weekend at Bernie's and prop him up as long as you can, get through the midterms, and then show Joe the door. All right. We have more critical race theory being taught. Oh, not to kids, to police officers. Yeah, buckle up for that. Hang on. Missed out? Catch up. JesseKellyShow.com now what you hear is not a test I'm rapping to the It beat. is the Jesse Kelly the show Look at Chris hipping it up out here I'll rap right here on the radio Chris I'm not scared I will do it It's my show I can do whatever I want Alright Before I get to the uh, critical race theory be- Now being flat out pushed on police officers I do have to get to some emails I've told you before I read all of your emails Every single one of them I will not respond. I get way too many. They all go right to Chris. He prints them off for me. I read them all. The email address is jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Remember, tomorrow is Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Put Ask Dr. Jesse in the subject line and bring me your questions. They don't have to be political. They can be. Bring me your questions. We're going to have a day. This guy wants to know about the NCAA. Chris said, uh, Chris keeps bringing up, by the way, the Ask Dr. Jesse how to fight a saltwater crocodile question. See, people people always bring up old stuff, even though that was a genius answer. Somebody asked me the best way to fight a saltwater crocodile, and what I simply said was, people try to run away from it. That's a mistake. What you need to do is surprise the crocodile and actually dive into its mouth and choke it out from the inside. That's my plan. Like I said, ask Dr. Friday. Ask Dr. Jesse Friday's pretty heavy on the show. Let's get to the emails. Jesse, I'm a big college football fan, and after today's announcement that the NCAA will allow players to profit off name, image, and likeness, I've been pondering a question. Actually, it looks like he's pondering a bunch of questions. Will players of the past that would have most certainly profited off their name, image, and likeness be able to sue the NCAA for lost wages and profiting off their labor for free? 
The NCAA has made billions of dollars off athletes that receive no direct payments for their labor. So should slash will they be compensated for labor from the past? Will there be reparations for these athletes, so on and so, who were essentially used as slaves or in the very least indentured servants for the NCAA? Your show is awesome, and I enjoy the history lessons as I drive to work. Now, let's address something quickly here. Will there be reparations for these college athletes who were essentially used as slaves for the NCAA? My wife was a college athlete. I'm embarrassed to say, she look, she was born in Ohio like I was, but then she moved, moved to Canada. I don't want to talk about it. But she was a gymnast. I mean, that's why I decided to meet her for Pete's sake. I heard she was a gymnast. What, Chris? I'm just being honest. But anyway, she was on the Canadian national team and went to the University of Arizona on a full-ride scholarship and made nationals a bunch. So my wife was an accomplished student athlete. Don't ever say to me again, used as slaves or indentured servants, with all due respect. Don't ever say that to me again. I know exactly how those athletes live. They live like gods. Do you know how many people out there listening to my voice right now have $50,000, $80,000, in student loan debt? You know how many of the athletes have that? Zero. Okay, you want to argue they should be paid for their likeness or something like that? That's fine. We're about to have that conversation Don't believe a single one of these whiny babies who tells you they're indentured servants or slaves. Yes, you work. You work hard as a college athlete. No doubt about that. You are also getting a free education for it, free swag, free food, free room, free board. You get all the pretty girls if you're one of the dudes. You get world travel. They promote your name everywhere. You live like a god on college campus. Don't give me this indentured servant garbage. That's one. Two. I have no problem with players making money off their likeness. I don't care about that. There's nothing, nothing I care about. But you better keep in mind, be careful what you wish for. What's that old saying? Be careful what you wish for. Why do I, what do I mean by that? How many sports on any college campus make money? Here, let me spoil it for you. One in general. Football. That's what makes all the money. Virtually every other sport on every other campus loses money. Now, I know there are some profitable basketball programs, and there are some men's baseball programs out there that make money. But for the most part, if you're a scholarship athlete at a university, you're getting a free education, and you are a money loser. You are a money loser for your university. People point out these billions and millions. Yeah, on football. On March Madness, there are a lot of college sports out there, Jack. How much money does women's softball make? Let's go with zero because no one wants to watch women play softball. That's just a fact. That's just a fact. Let's not act like they're indentured servants. I have no problem if you want to make money off your likeness. But you know what's coming next? Mark my words. Chris, record this segment because I'll be proven right in about 30 seconds. You want to know what's coming next? Yeah, the football star makes a bunch of money. 
Woman softball player doesn't make a dime. That's not equality. You got lawsuits coming. I guarantee it. All right, now we'll address this critical race theory with cops. Hang on. Kelly show and yeah I, that's how I feel about the NCAA allowing these players to make money on their likeness that's fine I have no issue with it at all don't tell me they're indentured servants or slaves they get compensated real well I have no problem with it but you know what's coming next I love it you know what gives me so much satisfaction Chris had to say to me during the break I hate it when you're right but I am well yeah the the star football player he's gonna make good money Star basketball player, maybe two or three of them, going to make good money. You have some uh, dime of a girl's volleyball player. She might make a little cash. What's the ninth player on the roster of the women's softball team making? Nothing. Okay, well, you could say, well, okay, that's fine. In this day and age, do you really think that's going to fly? You think it's going to fly that the star quarterback made 50 G's last year and the ninth woman on the women's softball team didn't make anything? You think it's going to fly when the man's basketball star, when he makes 20, 30 G's and the women basketball team doesn't make a dime? And at the top of the second half, it's 16 to 9. Easton leads the scoring with four. And that's why she commands $7,000 a year. These gals sure do make it look difficult. But is having this minor skill worth being so unattractive? That's for the fan to decide. Yay! That's not right, Chris. That's, that was a family guy clip. That was not right. But you know I'm right. Okay. I see where this is going. Let's move on. This is from PJMedia.com exclusive. Austin is spending millions on no-bid contracts to push critical race theory on its newest police officers. Full disclosure, my sister had moved to Austin oh, a few years ago. I don't remember exactly what the time frame was. Moved there because Austin, Texas, for those who've never been, and I realize it's probably most people you've never been, used to be a mecca for a good time. It's not just the University of Texas. It's just one of those places, all the good restaurants, all the fun bars, piano bars. What, Chris? Chris said not to glorify it like that. It's still weird. Yes, I realize it's a liberal, lefty, nut job place, but it has always been such a cool place. It's one of those places you land at the airport and there's a live band. I'm not making that up. It is a live band. It's where I had my first ever Mexican vanilla milkshake, which I can't believe more people don't know what Mexican vanilla is. Uh, if you don't know what Mexican vanilla is, not to get sidetracked here, order some today because your grocery store probably won't have it. It's a sweeter, stronger vanilla. You may never go back to normal vanilla again. It is that good. But setting that aside, Austin was the mecca for that stuff of fun things to do and fun places and great food and everything. Austin's a disaster now. A disaster. Now, this is from the article right here. In March 2021, as violent crime, including homicide, exploded across Austin and police officers were leaving in droves, Mayor Steve Adler and the city council approved a new police cadet class. 
but not before certain ideas for reforms were laid out. Those were based on recommendations made by a couple of firms hired by the city council. The council had canceled previous classes, also per the consultant's recommendations, leaving APD shorthanded as it lost officers to attrition from retirements and other separations. A source tipping PJ Media to a massive contract the city quietly approved with a consulting firm in April 2021, Joyce James Consulting, the firm has landed multiple no-bid contracts with the city. What are they doing? Teaching the police officers all about critical race theory. The problem is not just in the school boards. Don't get me wrong. All these things we've seen recently with parents chewing out school boards and people are running for school board and they said, this is good. This is good. It's something to feel good about. Don't we need something to feel good about, right? It's something to feel good about. We still have a mountain to climb. This white guilt society we have now, it is so ingrained in the American public. It's spread so far, so wide. It's, it's going to take us a lot of time to overcome it. I'm not saying we can't, but it's going to take a lot of time to overcome it. And I'm not sure if we can. I don't know. I don't know. I will tell you, look, we've talked about it before. I'm never going to stop bringing it up. This is never going to stop hitting home for me. I lost my own church because of this. My own church. And it wasn't just, you know, a place we popped in. We loved it. Like, we knew the people there. My wife had volunteered there several times. Like, this was a, we were ingrained in this place. Loved it. Had been there for years. George Floyd dies. Pastor sends out an email. Letting us know he was attending a What White People Need to Know conference. I immediately reached out because I loved the church and because I loved the pastor. I immediately reached out privately, didn't blast him publicly. I still won't do it by name. And I said, hey, man, uh, I don't, I'm not sure if you understand exactly what's going on here, what's happening. Would you mind sitting down with me and I'll explain this to you? Totally blows me off. No. Gets up there on Sunday starts preaching to his entire congregation about white privilege. Walked out, never been back. It's everywhere. It's in your church. It's in your schools. It's in your corporate boardrooms. It's obviously all over the media rooms. It's all over Hollywood. This white guilt, white people are bad, white people are evil, black people are oppressed, horrible philosophy is Everywhere, it is an infection in this society, ruining us. We have got to push back and take these institutions back. Now, it starts with the schools. That's why the schools are so good. Email. Remember, the email address is jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Tomorrow is an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday, like everyone is. Put Ask Dr. Jesse in the subject line. Send me your questions. And also, I will not read your name on the air unless you specifically tell me to do so. This one is called Dear Grande Bandito. In case you're confused, I understand I do have quite a few nicknames that I gave myself the Grande Bandito thing came from this old Frito Lay ad from the 70s we found. And 
I apologize ahead of time for this earworm. Ay, 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 ay. I am the Frito Bandido. I like Fritos corn chips. I love them, I do. I want Fritos corn chips. I'll get them from you. Oh, it's so beautiful. It's so, We did a special Cinco de Mayo show where I think we played that song 10 times. I've never had so much hate mail in my life. Even when I make the feminists mad, I didn't get that kind of hate mail. People were threatening me with death for keeping that in their ear all day. <laughs> anyway, back to the email. Dear Grande Bandito, Grande Bandito, great to have you back and even better to have your music. Of all the music you play, the most important song is your intro. It is your calling card. It's like when you hear glass shatter, you know Stone Cold Steve Austin is heading to the ring. You are forever linked to your intro. How did you decide on your song? Well, the song we have for the intro, Chris, you can play it in the background while you want, while while we wait if you want. But the song I have for my intro is actually by a band. A lot of people think it's Led Zeppelin. It's not. They sound just like them. It's by a band called Greta Van Fleet. And the song is Highway Tune. How did I pick it? You want to know how the sausage is made? I was drinking. Yeah, what, Chris? I'm just being honest. Here's what happened. My buddy Luis came over. He's my best bud. And we were hanging out. We were just having a couple beers and a cigar on my back porch. And we always pull out a little speaker. And so there's music in the background. He's one of these weird people that always has to have music playing. I don't know what the, I didn't say there's anything wrong with that, Chris. I love music too, but he has to have it playing. So this song comes on and I said, what is that? He said, you've never heard Greta Van Fleet? I said, start that over. And I made him play it like 10 times. And I told him right then and there, that's my new intro song. So you want to know how I picked it? That's how I picked it. <laughs> it, was, it was super advanced. That's for sure. Super advanced. All right. Remember this about Joe Biden in Kamala Harris. Remember this. There's a rift at the top, a big one. It's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. I'll explain. Hang on. This is the Jesse Kelly show. Like a stain on your brain, you can't get out. It is the Jesse Kelly show. Did you did you see that parts of New York City are without power? Did you see this I understand power plants can get overloaded. I do. But I saw this news report. I'll tell you, it made me laugh. Hang on. While Maurice and Jessica, Con Edison crews are all hands on deck tonight, trying to restore power as quickly as possible. But City Hall and Con Ed are pleading with people to lower their AC and not use appliances like dishwashers and microwaves to avoid even bigger outages. Okay, let's have a little chat about this. Nobody's going to lower their AC when it's 9,000 degrees in New York City right now. And how do you tell people with a straight face, don't run your air conditioning? Sure, it's the surface temperature of the sun, but don't run your air conditioning all while having all the lights lit up in Times Square and everything else. I mean, imagine that. Imagine sitting in an apartment. It was actually Greenpoint's part of New York. It was, imagine sitting in your apartment, roasting, 
hearing someone come on the air and say, turn down your AC, we're conserving power, and you look out the window and you're blinded by the lights of Times Square. <laughs> Gosh, these people. Oh, jeez. All right, back to the Biden-Harris thing just real quickly. We've talked plenty on this show about why there's a rift. Understand that that rift only gets worse, and it only gets worse because Biden, the the Biden that actually has uh, control of their their you know mental abilities, that's that's Jill Biden. She understands the clock is ticking. She understands the clock is ticking on how long Joe's going to be able to keep doing this job, and it should be ticking. I mean, frankly, it should be. But the GOP has their own problems. Did you see Liz Cheney, that super, super anti-Trump congresswoman from Wyoming? Liz Cheney, she... (sighs) Nancy Pelosi started this stupid January 6th commission. What is the January 6th commission? Well, obviously they say they're looking into January 6th, but all it is... It's it's just extending the big witch hunt to act like there's some dangerous Republican insurrection out there and trying to give Democrats cover for, for when they use the forces of government against you and me. That's all it is. And, of course, every Republican, seeing that this is just a big sham, said, no, I'm not going to be part of this commission. Liz Cheney decided she's going to be part of it. And I find the Liz Cheney thing to be fascinating. They asked Kevin McCarthy, the GOP leader today, is what he had to say. Do you believe that effectively by Liz Cheney accepting the committee assignment on January 6th that she's left the Republican conference? I was shocked that she would accept something from Speaker Pelosi. It would seem to me, since I didn't hear from her, maybe she's closer to her than us. I don't know. <laughs> These people, you, we, get, we get ourselves stuck in this trap where we hate politicians, as we should. I mean, you, you can't hate these politicians enough. We hate politicians, but we still convince ourselves they're somehow different than us, right? In reality, they're so unbelievably petty and small. Liz Cheney, obviously she's, you know, of the Cheney political royalty family, in the safest seat in the world in Wyoming. If you're a, a Republican elected statewide in Wyoming, you the only way, the only way you can lose your seat is by making Republicans mad. There aren't enough Democrats. I think there are two in the entire state of Wyoming. It's just it's not a Democrat place. The only way you can lose your seat is by doing what Liz Cheney did. Yet not only she did it, not only was she vocally anti-Trump, she won't back off it. She just keeps going and keeps going and keeps going and keeps going. And normally, normally I can see the angles. Almost always I can see the angles. I know why people are doing what they're doing. I don't have a lot of what you'd call marketable skills. Angles I can see. I cannot figure out Liz Cheney. I can't figure it out. You're throwing away, and not you're not not you're throwing. Okay, you've thrown away a political career. She's almost undoubtedly going to lose in a primary unless we get too many people in the primary and they split the vote. But you're throwing away a political career for what? 
That, that's what I can't get. Okay, it's one thing. All right, hey, I just want to be done with politics. I don't know. Uh, I would guess the family is extremely wealthy because I think Dick Cheney is really wealthy. You know, all that Halliburton stuff and whatnot. I'm sure he's doing fine. Chris, Google Dick Cheney's net worth, even though that's not accurate at all. Google Dick Cheney's net worth for me real quick. Maybe she's super wealthy and wants to go sip my ties on a beach somewhere and just wants to take some shots at Trump on the way out the door. Other than that, I can't figure it out. What is the net worth, Chris? hundred million dollars. Okay. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Maybe uh, Dick Cheney's still alive though. So it's not like, well, maybe he gave Liz a whole bunch of it. I don't know. I don't know. I can't figure out the Liz Cheney angle. I just simply cannot figure it out. Like Mitt Romney, Mitt Romney's this super hardcore anti-Trump Republican, but I can figure Mitt Romney out. Mitt Romney Remember, wanted to be Donald Trump's secretary of state, went and had dinner with him, begging for the job. Trump decided to go with Rex Tillerson. We don't even have to go into that right now. Good grief. Anyway, Trump decided to go with Rex Tillerson. Mitt Romney then was the woman scorned and became heavily anti-Trump. Okay, I got the angles. I understand it. I understand it. But... What's Liz Cheney's angle? Chris said, would I want Romney, though? Look, Secretary of State, I actually wouldn't mind the old Mitt Romney. Not not this insane one. I wouldn't mind Mitt Romney as Secretary of State because let's be frank about this. Secretary of State, his job is to go around the world and be the nice guy. You have a Secretary of Defense to be the mean guy. The Secretary of State's job is to go around the world and be the nice guy. Mitt Romney does that just fine. He does that just fine. You want to send that guy over to Germany to smooze Merkel and, and send him on up to the Brits and whatnot. He's fine with that. I, I just don't view, and this is probably wrong, I don't view Secretary of State as a position I should really care about. I, ju- I just do not. It's a lackey for the president. He's got to go around and be the nice guy until you don't need a nice guy. And then you call the secretary of defense, which we should still call the secretary of war because that's way cooler. But that's another story entirely. All right. The Delta variant. Ooh, I have news. Hang on. Jesse Kelly show. We have a big, scary Delta variant coming. Uh oh. Before we get to that, let's just address something really, really quickly here. This is from the Tribune. Templeton man agrees to stop mowing his lawn naked after SLO County Sheriff visit. Apparently, he regularly mows his lawn naked. The deputies had to go out and tell him not to do that anymore. Okay, that's fine. We obviously don't need to dwell on this story very long, but uh, I do have a question. Why would you want to mow your lawn naked? Now, I've mowed a lot of lawns in my lifetime, a lot of lawns. In fact, at one point in time when I was a kid, we uh, we had moved from Ohio. We moved from Ohio to Montana when I was ten. We didn't really have any money, right? So 
We had moved to 10 houses in 10 years. We just kept selling them for more money and selling them for more money, trying to make money, make ends meet. And it, we're, we're, my dad's working construction. And I mean, we weren't, you know, we weren't starving, but we didn't have any money. But you had to buy the next house, and what you got was what you got. We ended up with an uh, acre and a half, maybe a two-acre lot, and we couldn't afford a riding lawnmower, so I had to mow the whole thing with a hand mower. <laughs> so when I say I've mowed a lot of lawns, I mowed a lot of lawns. I also ended up flooding that lawn, but we don't have to talk about that right now. We'll get to that in a second. Anyway. When you mow a lawn, in general, it's pretty uneventful, but inevitably you're going to run over a rock or something, and it's going to fling it sometimes right back at you and nail you in the shin or the foot, or if you're really unlucky, the knee. You know, the blades are spinning fast, and it's going to fling something out there at you. How comfortable are you mowing the lawn naked? Are you seeing where I'm going here? I know the guys out there are hearing what I'm saying. That's a risk I don't think I'm willing to take. (sighs) All right, back on to the story here. This is CNN.com, of course, of course. The Delta variant has now been detected in all 50 states and Washington, D.C. Uh-oh. With the more transmissible variant spreading, this puts even more pressure on local and state officials to vaccinate more people. Dr. Anthony Fauci said on Tuesday he's very concerned about the stark disparity between places with low and high vaccination rates. This, unfortunately, could lead to there soon being two Americas, one where most people are vaccinated and another where low vaccination rates could lead to case spikes. Let's have a frank talk. Let's have a very frank talk here. Lockdowns don't work. The things we did in response to coronavirus didn't work. They didn't slow down coronavirus. How do I know? Well, I watched states like Texas and Florida and others open up and open up way before there were all these people vaccinated. And I watched Anthony Fauci and others get on the news and say, this is irresponsible. People are going to die. I can't believe they're doing this. I watched President Biden say it was, quote, Neanderthal thinking. Why aren't you wearing masks? How are you opening up? And then I watched there be absolutely zero spike in coronavirus cases in those states. This is hard for people to stomach because of everything people have gone through. I'm sorry, but the data doesn't lie at this point in time. Lockdowns, masks, and social distancing do not stop the spread of coronavirus. They don't. They don't because it's all laid out in front of me right now. We have states like New York who were wiped out. The states who were last to open up and open things up were the hardest hit. If lockdowns worked, if lockdowns worked, people would be dying in droves in Florida and in Texas and in other places. So 
the Delta variant. Look, I'm not a doctor. I'm not sitting in a lab somewhere. Maybe there really is a Delta variant. There probably is because I do know enough that viruses do mutate. Maybe it did mutate. Maybe there is one that's more transmissible. Maybe there is one that's deadlier. Don't expect me to believe you now. Trust, once it's violated, you don't get that back again. Not very easily anyway. And I've had my trust violated for about a year and a half now, and I haven't had a single person, not Fauci, not Democrats, not Republicans, not mayors, not governors, not the CDC, not the media, not anybody has come to me and said, Jesse, I know you were against lockdowns the first second they were suggested. It turns out, ooh, you were right, and I was wrong. That is my bad. I haven't had one person in a position of power or influence in this country approach me publicly or privately and apologize to me. Now, I don't need your apology. That's because I'm a soulless monster. But what it tells me is you don't think you did anything wrong. Or you do think you did something wrong and you're not man enough to admit it. So don't expect me to take a new scare headline from CNN seriously. I won't do it. I won't do it. And you shouldn't do it either. Don't you dare. Don't you dare let these people scare you out of going out and celebrating July 4th with your family. We have a July 4th weekend coming up here. You go. Go hammer hot dogs. Watch fireworks. Enjoy your wife. Enjoy your kids. Enjoy your husband. Enjoy your dad, mom, family, friends. Crack a beer. Crack two. Swim in the pool. Go be an American this weekend. Don't you dare let these joy stealers come for you again. Don't let them do to you what they did before. You have to ignore them now. They violated your trust. These people... They're in positions of authority, and they spent a year and a half either making things up or flat out lying about things, and not one of them, not one of them has come out and said, oof, my fault. My fault. I guess I was wrong. Oh, we, we closed schools? Oh, man, it turns out we have, we have a year and a half of data now, and it... Kids aren't at any risk for this at all. That was, that's my fault. We shouldn't, we shouldn't have closed the schools. Not one person has come out and said it. Not one. And I was here day one. Longtime listeners of the show will remember it well. I came out and said, this is insane. You don't stop a country from moving because it gets sick. We deal with it, we treat it as we move along, but the show must go on. We don't even know about this thing yet. We had a computer model, a computer model that said people were going to die. A computer model? What? What data did they use for that? It was a new virus. Oh, but you don't understand. There's a model. Okay, is she hot? Don't tell me about a computer model. Get out of here with that garbage. Hurricane Nacho Frito Bandito Jesse is how the email starts out. Listen to the podcast on the first show. Chris has excellent music picks, but come on, ride the lightning hands down. Like I said, Chris, ride the lightning is superior to Ender Sandman. 
I think Rush Limbaugh has left a pretty big role to fill in radio. You are one of the people that is stepping into that role, nicknames and all. Keep up the great work. Let's let's stop there. Obviously, there's nothing I love more than talking about myself and complimenting myself. You get one Rush Limbaugh in a generation. You don't get two. You don't get two. You don't get another guy ever that for 30 years leads people, commands the airwaves, entertains people, informs people. 30 years, that length of dominance is honestly as impressive as anything else. You don't get another guy like that. I do appreciate the kind words, obviously, but no, that's that's not the case. Jesse at jessikellyshow.com. Tomorrow is an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Get in your questions now with Ask Dr. Jesse in the subject line, whatever they are. They don't have to be political. They can't be. That's fine, too. History, men, women, food, travel, animal fights. I already told you how to beat a saltwater crocodile, Chris. I'm here helping the people out. Get in your questions for tomorrow. All right. It's time for headlines I didn't get to. Next. Feeling a little stocky? Follow, like, and subscribe on social at Jesse Kelly DC. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and it is finally time for headlines we didn't get to, and sadly, there are a few today. See, on occasion on the Jesse Kelly Show, I have been known to get distracted from time to time. And look, at the beginning of the show, we talked about Biden and Harris. We went over the history of Joe Biden and Harris, why they hate each other. And we went over... The Kamala Harris hit piece that came out with all of her staffers that hate her guts. And I told you why they hate her guts, and I'm right. She's a ruthlessly ambitious person who's going to chew up everybody in her life around her and spit them out as long as it can help her get ahead. If if Kamala Harris has to be nice to you to get ahead, she'll be nice to you. If Kamala Harris has to fillet you alive in the middle of Main Street... She's going to fillet you alive in the middle of Main Street. This is not a thinking, feeling human being. This is one of those ruthlessly ambitious people who will do quite literally anything to get ahead and has done everything to get ahead. That's why she's hated. And that's, look, it, doesn't it come off when you see her on TV? This is not a likable human being. This is a human being who doesn't really believe in anything. She's not left wing either. She's not right wing. She's not in the middle. She's not left wing. She's absolutely whatever she has to be in order to get the next promotion. Period. End of story. So we talked about that. We talked to Jack Posobiec about his new book on Antifa, which sounds pretty good, and he gave us all kinds of inside dirty information on D.C. He was really, really good. If you missed any part of the show, the whole show's podcasted on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. Go download. Enjoy all of it. We have a new history podcast dropping tomorrow. I'm a history freak. Once a week, I'm going to do a history story for you. You're going to enjoy it. No, I'm not doing Valley Forge, Chris. Chris is in this rabid 4th of July mood. 
that he wants me to do Valley Forge. Chris, I've already started the prep work on what I'm doing, man. I'm not redoing it all because you come up with Valley Forge last minute. Anyway, you're going to have to wait and see tomorrow. It'll be a separate Hillary, uh, uh, Hillary, separate history podcast. No commercials, no teases, no nothing. We're just going to sit down and tell a history story as I love to do. Now, for headlines I didn't get to. This one's from Free Beacon. Doc, foreign student visa holder tried to leave the U.S. with sensitive military intel. He's a foreign national on a student visa. Okay. Guess where he was heading to? China. How much much do they already know? When you consider the massive intel breaches we've had, I mean, there have been huge intel breaches because China is constantly trying to hack our our critical systems. And when you consider how many professors have been busted as Chinese spies, remember Dianne Feinstein, the one who's been a senator in California for about 8,000 years? Remember her chauffeur? Her chauffeur forever got busted as a Chinese spy? I don't think, you know, I don't think I want to know how much they know Because I bet you it's a lot. I guarantee you it's a lot. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy demands an investigation into the NSA. That's post-millennial. Okay, that's fine. I'm glad. This is obviously coming in the wake of Tucker Carlson coming out on his show and saying, uh, NSA is spying on me. I have an inside information knowing they're spying on me. McCarthy comes out and demands an investigation. I'm fine with an investigation. But here's what I'm used to from Republicans. We need an investigation. We need a committee. We're going to call them before Congress. And then nothing happens. Oh, they'll get an investigation. They'll have a committee and someone will have to go give some embarrassing testimony in front of Congress. But then nothing happens. If it really turns out to be true that the NSA was spying specifically on Tucker Carlson, Because he's considered an enemy of the administration. Whoever is responsible for that should be buried underneath a federal prison. A nation interested in continuing its existence will stop the government forces from going after their political opponents. This has gone on for too long. Not that I'm hopeful of that at all. Headline, police break up exorcism. In the lumber aisle of Home Depot. Well, why'd they break up the exorcism? Now the demon's still in there. That's not, that was not good police work at all. Headline, Kim Jong-un warns of grave consequences and fires top officials after COVID-19 incident. Man, there are tough bosses and there are tough bosses You know you're a little nervous when Kim Jong-un doesn't exactly give you high marks on your employee report. I hope you have enjoyed the Jesse Kelly Show tonight. Remember, tomorrow is an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Gosh, I'm so excited. It's going to be a blast of a show. Email me, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Your questions. That's all.